Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Studios at WVON. It's America's Heroes Group, hosted by Cliff Kelly, with co-host Dr. Damon Arnold and National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time on Roundtable, we are globally connected. Military Family Matters with our partner and family caregiver, Keisha L. Jackson. Today is Saturday, November 4th, 2023. November is Military Family Appreciation, National Family Caregiver, and Alzheimer's Disease Awareness Month. Don't forget, November 11th is Veterans Day. Salute to all our veterans out there. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Kimmer, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have with us again Keisha L. Jackson, U.S. Air Force veteran and family caregiver. And we're going to talk about the Department of Veterans Affairs Caregiver Support Program, the CSP. How are you doing today, Keisha? Hey, Sean. I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. So good. tell us So what? Tell us about the Caregiver Support Program. I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard of it before. Um, uh, what, what does it offer and um, what can people benefit from? By this program. Oh, okay. Um, before I even do, let me just give the um, the website for people to have the information. If you go to uh, caregiver.va.gov, that is the uh, website, and it has a lot of information. Information that we'll talk about today, but of course, it's going to be more exhaustive, you know, more detailed. Uh, and the and when you go to the website, you'll have to, or when you go to caregiver.va.gov. And you put in your zip code, it will take you, it will route you to your local VA um, office. So that way you can coordinate with them about the, uh, about this program. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is the uh, caregiver support line. It's, let me give you the phone number or to the listening audience so that if they call, this toll free number is for caregivers, it's for family members and friends and veterans, the community as a whole. Again, you can call this support line and to uh, get information about the support caregiver support pro- program. The number is 855-260-3274. Again, that's 855-260-3274. And that um, the support line is Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then it's a Saturday from 8 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, as far as the uh, the program, the program has been around for a while. It's been around really since uh, 2007. I think that's when the, the program first started, and it really um, kind of, um, it was established in 2008, but uh, it really, around 2008, 2010, the time frame, the CSP program went into effect. And the program started because those that were in um, Iraq and Afghanistan, they were, uh, they needed assistance, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They were returning to the States, a lot of them um, needing care or maybe some wounds or different things that they had experienced. 
and maybe these were some things that from previous eras that the military members did not uh, survive, if I could just say it like that. And a lot of family members at that time or friends were, were caring for them. And there was a need to provide support, and that's really how the program started. So when it originally started, it was for that era of Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. And then when the Mission Act came, that opened it up to those that were um, pre that time frame, you know, our World War II, our World War One, our Vietnam, our Korean conflict. They became eligible, and then what they did was in like a two-phased approach they did uh, phase one was for those pre uh, 9-11 and then after that i think in like 2020 maybe 2000 even 22 i'm not sure at the exact date um, that's when they open it up to all service members to be eligible for the caregiver assistance program uh, with their with their uh, caregiver and what does it offer for veterans how does it work so there's there's really two programs there's the general program and then there is the comprehensive program. And the general program uh, is, is, it is a program that provides you know, resources and different things for our, for our caregivers. But for both of the programs, let me say this, the veteran must be enrolled in the, in the VA health system. Okay. And so with the uh, general program, it offers different things like there's a text messaging system called the Annie Caregiver Text Messaging Program where uh, it's, although it's been around for quite some time since where the, veteran, the caregiver receives text messages, um, they can get motivational information, just different things from the program. Um, it also has a um, BBC, it's the Building Better Caregivers. That is a six-week online workshop. It's self-paced where there's lessons, there's uh, it's trained leaders guided in groups for um, support for caregivers. They have a Caregiver First program, which is also a training program. So some of these things, of course, are going to be uh, dependent on the location of your of where you're going to your VA support. They may have, you know, they'll have the programs, but they may be administered in different ways. You know, um, some of the other things that they have is uh, a reach VA caregiver, and that's providing some individual or some group telephone settings that helps with problem-solving skills, stress management. Uh, they have something called SAVE. It's for suicide prevention training to help the caregivers to help their family members that may be having those tendencies or those thoughts of uh, suicide. So those are some of the things that the, uh, the general program provides. Mm. And then you mentioned there's two main programs. So you have general support and you also have comprehensive. Um, but the mm-hmm. comprehensive, you have to be 70% disability or more. Is that correct? Yeah, from, uh, yeah, you have to be, so I believe it's 70% service connected a rating. And it could be single or it could be a combined rating. And the veteran must be in need of, you know, personal uh, care services for a minimum of six months. And I think that's so key because that six months, if you say like if you were caring for a person for six months and then if they had to go into the hospital there could be a possibility that you would have to you would um have to re-enroll at a particular time but it's all individual based on the particular situation and so uh um the person needs to the person needs to just reach out again it's best to reach out to their local uh, va um center 
to be able to talk more specifically about the different programs. With that one that you were mentioning for the comprehensive assistance, with that one it could also provide a stipend, but you don't get the stipend from the general program. Okay. And so the monthly stipend is approved based off of the rating um, that the, uh, the veteran has received from the VA. So the general support services is more just like peer support, mentoring, coaching, online and phone support, referrals, things like that. People helping people with activities of daily living, you know, giving them information on how to do, handle that. And then keep in mind what we want to emphasize is that also is that this is these are programs that help caregivers. So they don't you don't they don't provide caregiving services. They just help caregivers in the family or friends who are helping someone who needs the help. Is that correct? Yeah, and I think that's why the programs are really good because. A lot of times when you're talking about caregivers for, whether it's veterans or just family caregivers in general, the focus is usually on the person that you're caring for mm-hmm. and not on the person that's providing the care. And sometimes that person, or a lot of times you hear people, they're burnout, they're having their own mental challenges you know, themselves, or they're exhausting all of their funds, all of their resources, or they feel like because of the care that they're providing, they don't have an outlet or for anybody to talk to. And so to be able to have the VA and, and other organizations that are specifically trying to target the veteran caregiver and to provide help for that person, I believe, I think that's, that's really, really good. Right. As a matter of fact, okay. no, go ahead. This year, the VA was called this the year of the caregiver, and they have been doing like site visits, surveys, where they've been talking to the veterans, but also to the caregiver to find out what are we doing right and how can, what can you tell us to help us to do even better? And one of the things that's been consistent that you hear a lot of times is that the caregivers are saying, I'm tired, I need a break, I need an outlet, you know, I need respite. And so the VA, through the various respite program that they have, although there's respite specifically for the comprehensive, even with the general, that there is some respite that could be provided for family caregivers. And I think it's so important that you mentioned, I was going to say, is that you, if you don't take care of the caregiver, then you, don't, then you basically are not taking care of the person that needs the care. Because the person mm-hmm. who's, being, who's the caregiver has to be in the right shape, the right headspace in order to be able to do a good job to take care of somebody, to take care of a family member or loved one. You know, right. there's, there's a there was a study um, done by the National Alliance for Caregiving and ARPs Caregiving in the U.S. 2020 data survey that show that 30 percent of caregivers die before the patient, the mm-hmm. person they're, they're caring for. 30 percent of yeah. them die before that, and that's what a lot of the people say because of the stress. Um, a lot of it's because of the all the the toll it takes on your body. I remember when I t- was taking care of my mother. Um, I got a call from a friend of mine um, who I worked with, uh, and he was telling me he's like, you know what? I mean, I, I understand you had to go back to Maryland and take care of your mom, but Make sure you take care of yourself as well, because uh, I've been through there. You said you've been there and done it. He said, you know, one thing that you will find is that it's going to take a toll on you. And yeah. I didn't, didn't really know what he meant by that until I actually started doing it. But that's it's absolutely 100 percent true. You know, one in five Americans in this country are caregivers. And I believe the numbers is just going to continually to grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always say to tell the caregiver, you know, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. And sometimes it's frustrating to even hear, take care of yourself, because it's not that you don't necessarily want to. And a lot of times I'll go back to thinking about when I was caring for my mom, I went three years working a full-time job in the military, getting two hours of sleep on average a night for three years straight. Mm. 
because of the needs that she had and the different things. And though, you know, my brothers and others were a part of that, some of it, you know, you're just making sure that the medications are there, making sure that if a bandage or dressing needs to be changed or making an appointment or you're being on hold. All, it's so, so many different things that are going on. Uh, that's why having respite for caregivers is so good. But it's also good for those that may know that they are somebody that's caring for a loved one to say, you know what, let me see what I can do to kind of help. Maybe I can bring a meal, some water, I can sit. It's just, you know, that is helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Just being People don't realize just being able to just go and sit with someone to give respite care is such a big deal. You know, yeah. if you can get out for a couple of hours, if nothing else, just to just to catch your breath for a little bit or get some sleep. Um, I mean, yeah. that's a huge benefit for a friend or a loved one who's, who knows of someone who's going through, who's caregiving for someone else in their family or there's someone that, who's a friend. You know, if they say, hey, anything that I can do, you know, I can sit and I, and I sit with you or sit with your, your parent or sit with somebody for, you know, for uh, for a few hours or whatever. You know, this, you know, if they need to go to the bathroom, help them to the bathroom, you know, if they need to eat something or do something, whatever, hey, do this, do that, simple stuff. But the fact of the matter is when you're doing it 24-7, it's a big wear and tear on your body, you know, it your is. mind. It is. I mean, it seems simple I, uh, when you're doing it for a couple of hours, but doing it for 24-7 is a whole other story. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day. Uh, she's an older, older person, and she's been caring for her husband, I would say, at least 20, 20-something years. And we were talking about uh, VA because some people love the VA and some people do not want to go to the VA. Uh, tear it down. <laughs> yeah, actually, get into that. Combat Craig is that is a there's a guy who has a podcast yeah, called Combat Craig. I know Craig. exactly who you're talking about. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he and has a, he, he had the he, he, he played this clip about the Quality of Life Foundation's uh, um, um, statement um, when they looked into how the the uh, CSP the, the caregiver support program was actually pre- pre- performing. They said there was a lot of things they needed to do better, um, particularly with the frequency of assessments, because I guess it's quarterly. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're saying that the, and the, these assessments can go on for like two hours, or they're saying, and that to, I guess, to recertify that you can qualify for these benefits. You know, are there, so what are some of the things that you see, um, maybe something like that, that could be improved upon? What, what things would you give to the VA for advice to improve the CSP program as it, as it exists today? You know, I, to me, honestly, that's a that's a hard question because I've been I think about the VA often, and and I'll say that what you what you were just talking about him, and saying some people love the VA and some people just like you said totally want to burn it down. It's like when they started, they started with this era of a small group of people, or c- relatively compared to what they have now, I believe now they have like over fifty five thousand people that are enrolled. So with that, you also have staff. You may have a shortage of staff. You have, depending on the location of the VA um, center, there could be different skill sets and all of these different things. So there's so many different things I think the VA is trying to do to help through the program to get it to a better place. So overall, it seems like what they're doing by talking to the caregivers to get their experience, to hear what their problems are, because if you're not actively caring for somebody, you could say something, but it may be off of your past experience or what you believe. Mm-hmm. But to be able to have these site visits and go to the different locations and, and hear firsthand what the caregiver is saying, and if the caregiver is saying, I am burnt out, I am tired, and now they're offering mental health assist uh, uh, for the, the caregiver as well as the veteran. 
they're offering respite. And I was mentioning to the, the person that I was saying, the older person um, that I was talking to a little while ago, she was just telling me that she's in, enrolled in the program. She's in California. And she says she has 30 days of respite that she has to take this year. And as a matter of fact, she's getting ready to go on a cruise because uh, the VA at that location, now her husband is in a um, like a adult daycare, mm-hmm. you know, assistant living to help her out to give her a break. So there are things that are being done, but I think as it is expanded, um, I just think it's going to take uh, a lot of time, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, to, to, to just try to put things together, but it's a moving train constantly because more people are enrolling as they hear about it. But that doesn't mean just because more people hear about it that the staff is going to increase overnight or the skill set that's needed to care or to provide the resources is going to be available overnight. Mm-hmm. The only thing I could think of, that, for, and I don't know much about the program, as I said, but like a quarterly assessment to me seems a little bit excessive. I mean, if they did an annual assessment, or even biannual assessments probably, I mean, once you're disabled, it's not like you're going to magically just become you know, able to just you know, do your own thing and, and be, uh, be okay unless you got into a car accident and you had to get rehabbed. I mean, most people who are disabled are going to remain disabled more than likely, particularly if they're seniors, for the duration of their life. You know, yeah, I, I think, and this is just me, I, I can't speak for the VA because I don't, I don't work for the VA, but I know when um, COVID came, there was kind of a, a time frame where they weren't doing in-home assessments. You know, they kind of laxed their, uh, laxed their restrictions a little bit and were doing maybe video or tele. And then after that, starting this year, they opened it back up to saying that they were going to do at least the, uh, the, the uh, assessments or the annual review. And I do believe that there were some, not necessarily for this particular program, but there are people out there that were taking advantage of saying, I am caring for someone or I'm in the home for someone, and they weren't necessarily there. Mm. And so there's all these other sides of it. I, I always think about when I remember when I was going to the VA uh, to see if there was service-connected disability, you know, rating for me. I specifically remember a person telling me, and it was not like I was dressed like I was all that. I just had on maybe some jeans or whatever. But the person was telling me, you know, you shouldn't be dressed like this if you're trying to come get a rating. You know, you should dress down. So there is that other side of it. You know, we don't want to talk about the negative side of it, but there are people that will try to game the system. system. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that could be some of the reason why, or it could be that they really want to go in because remember, these are family caregivers. They're not medical professions for the most part. Maybe they want to make sure that the equipment that we're providing in your home, that you're using it the proper way. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, different things like that. So I always try to be a little open-minded instead of being, you know, on one-sided and say, and if they maybe what they'll find out is that, you know what, uh, quarterly is, is just too much, depending on maybe the situation or the individual that's being cared for. Right. Like I, like I have no idea what goes into an assessment. I mean, two hours mm-hmm. to get these are these are feed. This is feedback from the Quality of Life Foundation. We did a, they did a survey and they found this was one of the number one complaints that people in the program um, had is that they, the assessments were too long and they and they were too frequent. Um, yeah. but, but the thing of it is, though, is that uh, on the flip side of it, I don't know of any other program um, outside of something you have to pay for out of pocket as i.e. either long-term care um, insurance or something along those lines that actually gives you um, adequate respite care and gives exactly. you the resources and tools and the knowledge and the, and the training 
to help yeah. care for somebody. Because that's, I mean, yeah. to me, the, the things that they do provide are, are wonderful. I mean, text and messages. And they're putting it in constantly, you know, constantly, constantly, constantly as they're going by. So they're trying to do better process improvements. They're trying to help the primary caregiver, caregiver if they don't have insurance to potentially get CHAMP VA, you know, provide um, travel reimbursement, mm-hmm. different things like that. So all of these things are being put in place to try to help. Keisha L. Jackson, U.S. Air Force veteran and family caregiver, thank you for your time. Thank you, Sean. See you next time. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.